It's a brave new world out there. For any farmer and therefore selling a commodity, it involves a lot of challenges that simply did not appear to exist a decade ago. Not too sure what I'm talking about? Well, let me ask you, what is your carbon footprint? What's your definition of sustainability? And if you produce anything, you're part of a supply chain that must promote itself but also protect itself in terms of its footprint on the environment, society and its governance. So these issues are big for farming and big for wool. They offer challenges but also offer great opportunities. Welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. And in this episode, we tackle the big issue of sustainability for the wool industry. It's one of the roles for the sheep sustainability framework, but it's okay. We have someone with decades of experience to explain it. Dr. Robin Leeson is Principal of STR Consulting and is the Vice Chair of the Global Reporting Initiative, Global Sustainability Standards Board. She spoke at the Sheep Sustainability Frameworks Committee meeting where I started by asking her, Australian wool producers are the best in the world. Why do we need a sheep sustainability framework? Because we've got all these global standards and frameworks and commitments going on with sustainability, um, be it climate change or carbon, or even around things like child labour um, and labour standards, um, there, there's still a lot of buffeting around and change going on. So my main message was, we're surrounded by change. This is a relatively young area of expertise um, and a young area of, of aspiration. Um, it's important that organisations and farm businesses in particular stick to the things that they do really well and absolutely focus on where they have the biggest impacts and contributions to make. Those things aren't going to shift. It's kind of like being on a, a roller coaster and you're, you're trying not to be sick, um, but you're actually sticking to the things that are going to probably remain fundamental. Um, so things around your core impacts on the environment, where you impact on people and how you treat people, they're not going to change. If anything, these frameworks and the shifts are going to be more interested um, going, going forward than we have in the past. So you say it's a, a relatively new area of expertise, but not for you. You've been um, studying this and, and living it for decades. What is your definition of sustainability? Because everyone has their own. That, that's true. I think sustainability has been sort of co-opted from the original um, commitment and intention at the UN, which was around sustainable development. Um, and that was... Um, coined in the 1980s and really it brought together the notion that we need to pursue both um, environmental quality and wealth at the same time, wealth and prosperity, that these things are intertwined. Um, they're not pursued at the expense of each other. And so sustainable development was a term that was used to describe um, trying to achieve both at the same time. And it really define sustainable development as meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. And I think farming and agriculture systems in Australia um, are really um, embody that because most farmers, as we've talked about before, most farmers want to hand on their farm um, in good condition, um, both financially and environmentally, um, to the next generation. 
So I think a lot of farmers intuitively understand what sustainable development means in practice. Yes, but we have to measure it to, uh, to, to prove it and we are managing natural systems and animals uh, and environments uh, that are not easy to measure, um, for example carbon and uh, therefore this very disjointed supply chain between farmer and consumer has become very disjointed and um, we feel as, I suppose, farmers often feel a little powerless because uh, we're, we're price takers, um, mm. we have limited options to manage our land and, um, and, and we're only 0.5% of the population now. Yeah, it, it is a big challenge, that, dis, that disconnect. Um, I mean, you have a couple of things at play there. Um, when we said before, although some of these definitions date back, the um, methodologies and the tools um, and the frameworks that are being used to measure things um, and monitor things are relatively new in terms of setting a standard. So to say um, it's hard to measure something, it's also hard to come up with a standard way of measuring something that is applicable to multiple farming systems um, or that investors can use to compare investing in one asset um, over another and between countries even. Um, so it, in that sense it still is a young area and embodying some of these metrics and, and indicators um, there's bold experiments going on so um, we'll expect that to mature um, over the, the, the next decade or so um, as those standards um, sort of get, get agreed. I think the second thing is that, that disconnect um, that you mentioned as well through the, through the value chain. Um, and I think that comes, comes down to, in some ways, consumers, um, you know, that they are looking for a recognisable brand or logo or certification that is a shorthand for them to understand what's the performance of that particular um, product or commodity um, from a sustainability perspective. Uh, so things like um, the responsible wool standard, um, those sorts of um, certifications or um, some of them are more experimental or well-owned than others. Um, these are sort of early examples of what we might expect to see from different commodities. Um, so we see that in other areas like um, palm oil, um, like um, forestry, um, where there has been a fair bit of industry involvement um, and it's a certification that is um, well acknowledged by consumers um, and big customers, corporate customers, um, but it's also well owned by um, the industry and there's agreed um, criteria about what constitutes best practice. So what do you see from a global perspective as uh, what's, what's coming up in years to come um, when the, the sheep industry has had uh, their own Exxon Valdez for a better <laughs> term um, with, with mulesing and the live export trade and what have you. Um, and I suppose getting back to a farmer's viewpoint, feeling somewhat powerless, um, what else is coming up that we need to prepare for in terms of society's values and trust? Yeah, I think there's, there's increasing transparency still. So um, there is an, still an ongoing expectation, you can see it now, um, but there's still that increasing expectation that you're doing well and that you're doing the right thing. Um, unfortunately, in a lot of commodities, there's not necessarily a price premium um, for doing better, um, but there's, to some extent, some punishment um, when you get it wrong. 
um, and we see that with food in particular um, and in, in food retail. I think there's still a lot of um, good um, sentiment in terms of consumers um, and Australian farmers, um, even though there's that disconnect. I think there's a lot of um, respect and positive um, sentiment there and a trust that Australian farmers want to do the right thing um, and have those, those intentions. Um, um, and that they should be sort of assisted and I think there's a strong sort of buying Australian kind of vibe there. There's still, I think, we'll continue to see that interest in understanding where your food and fibre is coming from and the conditions under which it's made. Um, that level of transparency up and down the value chain um, is, is increasing. I think we'll expect to see more of that and more interest from consumers, but equally pressure to make that easy to understand through a third party. So making um, consumers don't necessarily want to look at a 50 page document um, to understand that their, their wool um, is sustainable, um, but they will defer to a trusted third party to tell them that that's the case. Which leads perfectly into the next question. I mean, as, a, as commodity producers that farmers usually are, we are really no one in the industry sells anything until someone hands over a credit card and purchases something. So the, the importance of the retailer and the brands and the manufacturers are, are very significant. But of course, having um, dealt with retailers and, and brands, they're wanting to differentiate themselves from their competition based on higher values um, or better different different values or other values. So how, how do you find that match of um, producers wanting to, or farmers in this sense, wanting to advocate for their industry but also catering for the, the needed differentiation at, at retail as well? Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's um, retailers are buffeted around by a bunch of other um, pressures, um, you know, particularly if they're dealing with multiple um, fabrics and fibres or um, multiple um, sort of food sources as well. So they don't, they don't always, um, you know, translate that well in terms of dealing with what's the point of differentiation for um, Australian um, produced um, goods um, in, in their particular market or, or retail. It's a difficult conversation. I don't really have an easy answer on that one. But I know that um, increasingly retailers are um, involved in their own sustainability frameworks and initiatives. And I think there's a really great opportunity through vehicles like the Sheep Sustainability Framework to engage directly um, with those sorts of forums to get retailers more directly involved with what's going on in the sheep sustainability framework and meeting people and having those discussions, people around the table at forums like this, um, to talk about, well, what, how does this translate? What, how does your ask as a retailer and the position you're adopting um, influence and translate into what goes on on farm and, and vice versa? So I think those sorts of um, opportunities are there now that both the, the, the sort of the growing sector um, and the retail sector both have their own vehicles um, around sustainability and they're using similar tools and languages and we just need to bring them together a bit more. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and uh, the uh, analogy was used today around the donut and the hole. We have, mm. to measure, we have to measure what the hole is and what's in the hole, whether it be 
uh, carbon emissions or uh, mulesing or uh, the use of uh, pain relief. But as an industry, we, we want to sell the donut. Yes. We want to actually uh, accentuate the positives as well as minimise the negatives or at least recognise the, the, the negatives. Where does that all fit with the donut analogy? Yeah, I think that's... There's um, often um, people, environmentalists, for want of a better term, um, are often painted as being pessimists. And, and I don't think many really are. Um, it's just we deal with sometimes deal with some very negative news. Um, but most of us are really quite optimistic about our ability to change um, and the ability to, to come to understand these things. And I think with sustainable development and sustainability uh, more broadly, um, there are just as many positives as, as negatives. So when we look at dealing with some of the um, negative impacts the industry might have, equally there's lots of opportunities going forward where you make a positive contribution. We just saw um, while we might be dealing with pra meals in practices and, and, and struggling with some of those sorts of things, equally we just saw in that um, a survey that was tabled today increasing uptake of generating renewable energy um, on, on sheep farms. Um, and so there's a positive contribution. Um, increasing renewable energy capacity is one of the a major UN sustainable development goal. Um, so there is, there's lots of swings and roundabouts. There's plenty of really positive stories to tell. Um, and there's a lot of um, the transparency and reporting requirements which ask for a narrative around how um, you're managing something. What are the metrics and indicators telling you? You don't just report a number. You talk about what's the trend, how you're managing that, what's your policy, how's that working for you, how do you evaluate those things. So I think there are just as many um, positive contributions that the, the industry can make as much as managing some of the negative impacts which have to be kind of dealt with because they're, um, you know, they're, they're part of the industry practice. So not only is, say, the Sheep Sustainability Framework a a platform to, to measure change and evolution, but also it can be an advocacy body to, to put forward narratives and, and great imagery, what have you as well. Yeah, um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of alignment there to when we looked at the alignment between the Sheep Sustainability Framework and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. While there are things that need to be managed, there are major contributions. Um, how do we feed more people um, in terms of protein? Um, those sorts of requirements from sheep meat. Um, and, and the renewable energy piece and social justice and partnerships. There's a lot, uh, and employment um, as well, um, decent work. Um, there's a lot of um, positive contributions that the industry makes already and can make more of and target them um, just as much as needing to manage some of the, um, some of the negative impacts um, that, that go with the industry. Well, that, um, that's a, perhaps a good way to, to round it up. And Robin, where does Australia fit in, um, in your mind, I suppose, in, in a sense of a global sense of uh, this area of ESG? Are we, are we at the forefront? Surely we're behind probably parts of Europe, but ahead of others. Um, uh, where are we in that sense? Yeah, we're still taking, like some of the, um, uh, I guess in that sense, we're still a little bit um, behind in our discussion. Um, it is shifting quite rapidly um, in, in Europe and, and North America in particular. Um, so the, the major standard setting organisations um, do tend to take a fair bit of some of their cues um, from those environments um, and we will be on the receiving end of, of, of some of that. Having said that though, 
most of these new um, initiatives will have you know, um, public consultation periods and also things like the Australian Accounting Standards Board will look at the global standards and then sort of contextualise them for, for Australia. Um, I think though there is general agreement that there's a lot of capacity building that needs to occur um, in Australia, probably in other markets as well. Um, but certainly the level of expertise um, that's required and specific skills in things like carbon accounting um, that are in demand. There are many other areas where we also need to expand our skills in um, environmental areas and, and social areas to bring them up to speed um, with this. So it's, it's an area where um, there's an increasing demand um, and I think, you know, if you wanting to sort of go back to uni and do a bit of book learning. Um, certainly this is an area where that, that's, a, that's a growth um, industry. I don't think it's going to necessarily go away. It will morph and maybe we'll have different terminology um, in the future. Uh, but certainly the amount of interest from business, the amount of um, movement in capital markets is in recent times is something I haven't seen um, before. So, yeah, ethical investing mm. and uh, oh, talk about ethics, that's a whole new podcast by the sound <laughs> of it. And just to, to wrap things up, Robert, at the start of the day, uh, you've married an accountant <laughs> and you said something that was really very clever and sort of wrapped it all up beautifully. What was it? Oh, yes. I was just bring my domestic life into this. But yeah, he's a, um, an accountant by trade. And so... Um, in terms of how we look at metrics and indicators within the sheep framework and any sort of sustainability framework, um, not everything um, that, that you can count is important and, and vice versa. So the running joke in my house is that he lays awake at night um, worrying about counting things and I worry about the things that count. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, um, thank you for worrying about the things that count, um, particularly uh, bringing, bringing your knowledge to bear um, for the sheep industry. And also, thank you very much for having a yarn with us today. Really appreciate it. No worries. So that's Dr. Robin Leeson, Principal of STR Consulting and the Vice Chair of the Global Reporting Initiative, the Global Sustainability Standards Board. And she was speaking at the inaugural committee meeting of the Sheep Sustainability Framework, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation and Meat and Livestock Australia, but it's led by Wool Producers Australia and Sheep Producers Australia. So some big thinking in this episode of The Yarn. I hope you enjoyed it. But as always, please send through any ideas to theyarn at wool.com on email. Leave a review on Spotify or iTunes or whatever platform you use because it helps others to find us. Follow AWI on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But from me, Murray is coming. As always, thanks for your company. <laughs>